What's going on, everyone? Another episode of HW Radio. I'm Jim here, as always, with Kyle and Jack. It's been a while since we've been together, guys. What? Uh, what's going? Us. Yeah, Kyle, you've had a pretty significant life event take place recently. Yes, I did. I got married, tied the knot with my uh, longtime fiance. Congratulations, uh, man! Thank you, you very feel? much, everybody. I feel like now, if anything goes wrong, I lose half my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you guys do this? Where did it all uh, take place? Tell us uh, tell us about it. We couldn't be there. <sighs> Sorry, everybody, for not inviting everybody, but I needed to make sure the family was accommodated and they were all here and, you know, COVID and r- stupid fucking rules. So I was supposed to have a whole r- wedding reception, the whole nine yards with 150 people. Yeah, that got canceled because COVID. So I just had a small outback wedding at my house. You know, got got married, got a little load on, fucking had a nice little bonfire, enjoyed the night. That now, or, originally, I was invited, but Kyle decided, I don't know, I've taken this guy to a couple of Flyers games and they got blown out, so I don't want her to say anything. <laughs> you didn't so. want him to jinx the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> nope, I couldn't have Jack here because my house would have ended up burning down or something. Not Jack's fault, just because he was here it would have happened. Yep. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? You ever see uh, Meet the Fockers? Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about some hockey a little bit. Yay. The NHL Awards came out. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it, guys? So NHL Awards. And I don't know if you guys have – Kyle, you, you seem to know right off the top of your head who won what. Can you do that again? If you're talking solely the Flyers, uh, Jacob Voracek won Best Beard, which, Woo! I mean, he does have a nice little ginger beard on him. I'll give it to him. And then uh, your stadium of the season, your best stadium, uh, the Flyers also won, which uh, I guess if you're going off home record, that would make the most sense. <laughs> Um, and then funniest player of the year w- goes to uh, the one and only seven million dollar man Kevin Hayes. Boom. Um, those are the only awards Flyers won. Yeah, three of them, but they they were by far, bar none, won the most of them. I mean, best stadium that's us every year. I mean, come on. That's interesting. Not according to some people who like taking pictures of before uh, the pregame skate. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> I didn't see anybody post anything about that. <laughs> I almost, I have an issue a little bit with those guys, but I, I don't feel, I mean, we're not really professional. I don't feel professional talking about other pods on the pod. We're so, not talking about other pods. Uh, I guess maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to keep going. Dave so, Isaac doesn't you, have a You're already pod. going, Jim. You might as well finish it. No, I guess I'll just put that out there. Some of the stuff that, that they do bothers me a little bit, and that's it. I'll leave it at that. But, like, so the Flyers won best stadium. Did it did it describe, like, in what way or just because their home record was good? They're saying the fans are good? Well, I think it just said best stadium, and it just showed our home record. And I, uh, I, I would assume it was based off the home record and, I guess, the crowds. 
So like atmosphere was it? It didn't like include like oh best food and stuff like that. Dude, I didn't read into it that much. I'm be honest with you. Over that one. They probably did it knowing that they it would like soften the blow so that Couturier doesn't win Selkie and. (laughs) Yeah, but you guys won best stadium. Why you got to win Selkie? Exactly. Like when we came in dead last in what 2007 or whatever. Yeah. We were the most intimidating fans in hockey. It's like, I don't give a shit. I don't want to finish last. <laughs> we didn't get Patrick Kane. We got the number two pick. So don't give me that shit. Yeah. So you mentioned Sean Couturier. He's, it looks like he's the front runner to win the Selkie so far. Well, hold I'll on. get snubbed. Flyers yeah. are never the front runner for anything. I mean, stats don't matter in this conversation. Do you know off the top of your head who else was running for that, for the ward? O'Reilly from the Blues. Has he ever won it Sorelli, before? Sorelli from Tampa Bay. The Bergeron in there? Oh, of course, Bergeron's always in there. I was going to say. I think that's your four, the four mainstays that are vying for that number one, which it should go to Katoria all day long. This isn't even a fucking argument anymore. Yeah, we're no like longer how- making excuses as to why he should be considered. Now it's this is why he should win. Like, enough of this bullshit. So if we go down the list with these players here and you take away uh, Ryan O'Reilly from the Blues, are they still where they are without him? No, they're still. I still think they're a playoff team, but they're not where they're at. If we take away Patrice Bergeron from the Bruins, are they still top in the league? Nope. Same, I say with the same with the Blues, that they're a sole playoff team, but they're not the best team in the league. Okay. Uh, and Sorelli. I think, the that's the I, think, only I think the team. Lightning are fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. the lightning <laughs> fine. <laughs> but then again, it's not MVP. It's Selkie. Yeah. So if we take Sean Couturier away from the Flyers, I'm gonna... probably not even a playoff team. Missing Patrick, think? missing Coots, not even a playoff team. I wouldn't go yeah. that far, but I understand that he would hurt this team significantly. Yeah. Like, I like. Yeah. But he, can I can yeah. I like morph this into another award? I For think sure. the Flyers would be a playoff team because I think Alevin Yo should win the Jack Adams and all things close. That's a great point. Yeah, and he does deserve the Jack Adams by far. Yeah. I mean, he took a dumpster fire that was the Hackstall Hextall tandem and turned the team around in less than one season. Yeah, and it's like he spoke with confidence. He told everybody what he wanted to do. And you just you don't really think about it. You're just kind of like, okay, good luck. And he did it. Like, he, he took the lumps earlier in the season, which we really were like right around 500, kind of above 500, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And instead of the, that happening, like, the team went on an absolute tear. Like, everything was coming together. And that's, as Kyle stated earlier, without Patrick, with losing Lindblom, it's it's unreal. Like this team looks like they could have really done something, and to do that in your first year to embody what this city has wanted for so long, and to it's to be the polar opposite from Dave Haxall. It's it's like absolutely amazing, and I don't know how you can say another coach should be given the award before him. Yeah, are we in first place in our division? No, but when you we look should at be. Well, yeah, exactly. We almost were, but when you, when you look at look at all the other teams that are in first place, you know, Boston, Washington, whoever on the uh, West Coast, all of those teams 
are perennial playoff contenders. The Flyers were nothing. And we're in that conversation. You know, like that should tell you right then and there that Ale Vigneault deserves this award. Not just that, but one of my favorite things about him is he's – you can tell he has a good personality. He's definitely – like he's funny. He, You would like to sit down and have a beer or a martini with the guy. But <laughs> – uh, but he also held his players accountable and not the wrong players. Remember when JVR was struggling? He played fourth line fucking minutes when he was struggling. Voracek struggled in the beginning of the year. They, he sent him down to the third line. Isn't that a picture perfect example of the difference between him and Hackstall? You know, somebody would screw up a rookie, they're immediately in the box. Meanwhile, McDonald's making snow angels on the ice. He's out there in every single game, every single important possession or play. And Levinio, complete opposite. He holds everybody accountable. He's calling Jake Borchek out in the locker room. He's saying Drew needs to be a better uh, captain and what have you. Like he, he came in, he made the team play his way, and it took a bit, but when it, it clicked, it fucking clicked. And I think a lot of people had the Flyers favorited to either – Go to the cup, if not, win it. And to do that, like you said, in one season, it just blows my mind. I didn't think that was possible for my team. And, and that's also, that's also like all of this being said, none of this is taking away from what Chuck Fletcher did in the offseason. Well, that's another award, but we'll get there. But yes, I agree. And the last thing I wanted to add on Vigneault, and it's Kyle piggybacking off what Kyle said, he not only has a great personality, but he has the right personality for this team, this city, and these players in particular, you know, so all that combined, he's not only the front runner, it should be a foregone conclusion. And the guy who hired him, Chuck Fletcher, and I didn't see who the finalists are for. I don't even know if they show that for, uh, it's not GM of the year. It's like, uh, exe- executive of the year. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be a shoe in to at least be a finalist in that discussion. For sure. So real quick, so I'm going to touch on Fletcher and then Vigneault. Do you remember how, I think the end of last year, maybe even before this season, we would always kind of talk about how the leaders on this team needed a leader, and we were always kind of looking at players. And the guy that always would come into my mind was Chris Pronger for, like, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. Like, they, those guys were leaders, but they were young. They needed a leader that could kind of lead the leaders. So well, I think what ended up happening was, they bring in the coach, and the coach is kind of corralling everyone and kind of showing these guys the ropes, like, hey, this is the way I need you to lead this team, right? And we kind of saw Borchek step up, and then later on we saw Giroux step up, and uh, JVR kind of do his, you know, JVR is JVR for me. I think he's an inconsistent guy. I don't, I don't know if he's you a locker room leader. You your fucking tongue. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he played his game. He didn't. He didn't play bad, but I think the he knock on him is really fucking good before this whole COVID nonsense. Yeah, it's true. He was getting hot. The knock, the knock is always going to be he makes seven million, though he needs to be more consistent. He's just not that. But Vigneault, you're right, Jack. Vigneault was like the perfect, and and Kyle, you as well. He's the perfect coach and perfect person for this team and the city. And it, it's so awesome to see because I'm thinking of a team like the Phillies going out and getting Gabe Kapler. Just so out of touch with the fan base, with the like he how he survived as long as he did in Philly, I'll never know. 
because he was just the opposite of what Philadelphia was. Vigneault is Philly. He's he's what we call a Philly guy, right? And, and we we love rooting for him. We love what he's doing to the team from top to the bottom. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what we were echoing. And not, not only that, the only other thing that we're not talking about is he's one of the only coaches besides maybe Laviolette in the last, I don't know, what, 10, 15 years has had the pedigree to come in. He's taken the team to the cup twice. He's been to game seven. He probably should have won that cup, to be honest with you. He's done everything that could be done but win the friggin' cup. Well, meanwhile, we got a guy in from college who literally doesn't know what he's doing. So that alone stands for something. Is he still with Toronto? I think so. I think he's a bench coach. They didn't even give him the head coach position. They gave it to somebody else. How perfect is it going to be for Vigneault, though? Like, his story, it it can't finish any better for the Flyers who – one of those teams that haven't won the cup, I think, what are they, like the second longest streak or something behind the Maple Leafs since they've won a cup? For Vigneault, a guy like Vigneault to come so close, to have so many great teams, to lose in the cup finals twice, to get to Philly, and he's going to be the guy that wins the cup for the Flyers, right? How It's just so fitting. Like, third time's a charm. It's 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 per, it's a perfect ending to a story for, for all parties. And I think it's going to happen here. I mean, if the, let's talk about some of the competition. Do you, who do you think could legit uh, beat him out? None. Nobody. I, I got one guy who I think who should not beat him out, but you know how the NHL is. I think he could, and that's John yeah. Tortorella from yeah. uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Considering nah, fuck that. They should have been a last-place team, and they are in the playoff bubble. And now the reason – that Vigneault should win is they couldn't hold it. They fell off. A lot of that was because of injuries, but it is what it is. Um, but do you think that the voters who are the writers will say, all right, they had a really good showing, but they ended up falling off towards the during the stretch run. Or do you think they'll say they should have been nowhere near it? He's the guy. I think the difference maker right now for me personally, like if I'm looking at it uh, as a third person, not a Flyers fan or a Columbus fan, uh, one team has the potential to win the Stanley Cup. The other team, nobody's even considering. Does that help the argument, though, for the Blue Jackets or for the Flyers? It helps for it for the Flyers because you went from Flyers. a team you you went from a team that was a bubble team to a non-playoff team for the last ten years to one season and two play or well three players different to. A potential Stanley Cup winner because of a coach, essentially. Now, my question to that, because it's a good point, but the Flyers this offseason made a lot of acquisitions where Columbus did nothing but lose. I mean, they added Nyquist, but for the most part, they lost everybody. Does that change that argument at all in your not? Not for me personally, because as an organization that's been drafting for years and years and years and years and years, you have to have players ready to step up. And the chances of having at least one or two surprises come in is pretty high for NHL caliber talent in NHL drafts, if that makes sense. So I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here, guys. So do you remember in the summer when the Flyers brought in Hayes and... Niskanen and Braun, and we were really counting on some of these younger guys uh, to step up. Sandheim, Provorov, Myers, uh, who's the other guy? TK to live up to the contract. 
which I think he ended up exceeding. And, you know, all these guys, they really lived up to what we needed them to do and exceeded, right? So I, I guess that's the coach. But if, if you're like the outside looking in now, you're like, man, the Flyers roster is loaded. You know, no in, no injuries, nothing. Like they had the perfect scenario. They're doing what they're supposed to do. If you're looking at the Blue Jackets, it's like, holy fuck. Like their their lineup got ravaged last year. They they traded everyone, traded all their assets at the deadline, and everybody left in the summer. It's like you expected them to finish bottom two of the division. Somehow they they hung around all season long. They have a shot at the playoffs. You know, we saw what they did last year by beating the Lightning in the first round. Does John is John Tortorella a better coach because of what he had to do? as opposed to Vigneault, who basically had everything set up. All he had to do was not fuck it up. Meh. You still got to coach these guys. And I would I, say... I, I honestly think that if if you kept Dave Haxtall, for example, this team wouldn't be any better than it was last year, regardless think, of who you added. I think because of Dave Haxtall, you can't say just not fuck it up. I mean, there's right. so much more to it because of that. I mean... Right. Not only Dave Hextall, though. I mean, we also have to remember the micromanaging taking place by Ron Hextall. Like, you can't eat food after the game or pizza or anything like that. Like, that has to take a toll on you as a human being and a player, too. Like, I, what do you mean I can't go and have a fucking beer after the game? And what do you mean the alumni is not allowed in here? They're always in here. Yeah, that, that's more of an organizational change than I think it would be put on one specific person. If anything, maybe you give that credit to Fletcher because he's the, you know, or to hell, even above him. So I, I, I wouldn't put that all on one guy. Um, I also got, you got to consider that the um, the Metro was the best division in hockey. Probably, I want to say by far, but pretty significantly. Um, so that, I think that gives more credit to Vigneault as well. I think I agree with you there, Jack. And, and this is the hard part because... We see it. We we know that. So here's my opinion. It's easier to like Tortorella has been there for a little while. So these guys all already have Tortorella's mentality. Like they're already playing the game the way he wants them to play. Vigneault's come in in his first year, and not only does he have to instill his mentality, he has to break the old mentality, the hackstall mentality which is a lot harder to do, and it's supposed to take a lot longer than it did. He changed guys like Voracek, Giroux. You know, these are these are your top guys. He changed their mentality in the first two months of the season, and we're seeing the fruits of that, like, now. Like, they're going to – they were going to win the, the the Metro, potentially make a long Stanley Cup playoff run, and it's, it's because of the way Vigneault came in and, and did his thing early on. That's what I think – you know, if you're on the outside looking in, you kind of forget all that. You don't really take that into account that in order for these guys to play the way you want them to play, you have to change their minds. You know, they're so used to for We've talked about it before for four years playing like assholes. You know, now they're playing <laughs> the game. You know what I mean, though? Like you're right there with the hackstall thing. Yeah. And another thing against um, Tortorella, they want to say that was about coaching. I also let's not forget that. Uh, their rookie goaltender, Elvis Mears Lickens, I believe oh, is yeah. pronounced. He went on an absolute fucking tear, and no head coach in the history of the game is going to make a goalie stand on his head for, wasn't it like almost a full month? Yeah, it, it was. was, it he, was had some, he had what, like a 9.46 save percentage in the month of, what was it? Not December. Like February it December? or something like oh. 
He had no, like four he, shutouts in his I first ten games or something. He had more. He seriously was like four for four, and then like you know just he won a game but didn't get a shutout, and then he like had like three more shutouts. Like he had like eight shutouts in the span of a month and a half. He was absolutely on fire. Games that weren't shutouts, he was still playing out of his mind and winning. Now, am I going to say that Tortorella's coaching is the reason that happened? No, he's got fucking Seth Jones and. You know, other they, their defense is ridiculous. Ryan Murray and I, I just what the hell's his name? I can't think of him. He's awesome. Um, oh Jesus, help me out here, Kyle. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you're going with this because the Blue Jackets defenseman. I'm forgetting their one guy drafted after Provorov. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Oh, Wierenski. Wierenski, yeah. Seth Jones, Ryan Murray, Wierenski. They got they got more guys. Like, they have a ridiculously good defense, and they got this. He's a good goalie. He's playing out of his mind. You're gonna you're gonna give that credit to Tortorella, like he deserves some credit. But I'm not putting him over Vigneault for me. If you're doing that, you're not looking at the full spectrum of the season. You're looking at what happened to this team in the 2019 off season and what their end season results were. You're not looking at what actually took place during the season, and that's what a lot of hockey writers do because one, they only view their own team and their rivals, and you know, they, they. I just think they have such a biased view, and I think if Vigneault were to lose out to Tortorella, it's because whoever's voting is not looking at what actually took place during the season. No, I think it's. I wouldn't call it necessary. Well, I mean, for me, it's a lock, but obviously the NHL has other plans for any awards the Flyers may win. I'm almost positive that if they were to make it to like a Game Seven of the Stanley Cup this year in the. Uh, 2014 format, uh, they would cancel the playoffs uh, right about an hour before the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an easy one for me. I truly believe the NHL will not go that way. Uh, it's just my opinion. I just, I just, I just know how these writers are. If Giroux can't even be a finalist for his, what was it, 2017 season? Uh, he was a finalist for the heart. No, he wasn't. He came in fourth. No, he Did wasn't. Did he come in fourth? He was not yeah. a finalist. Oh, that's a Kyle, fucking beat, Kyle, dude. I thought he was. My po- you're just making my point. You know what I mean? Like, how could I you swore he was, because how could you not be after that exactly, season? Exactly. Exactly. Where we're all over here, like, he should have won. If you take everything he did that season and change his name to Sidney Crosby, he wins the award, and it's not even close. Well, not only that, but the season before was so bad for him. Yeah. And then to come back and dominate, like just flat out dominate. Like, no, I'm not going anywhere, guys. And then to just be snubbed. Oh, that makes me angry. I'm going to don't get me angry. He didn't even have a chance at winning. He wasn't even a finalist. I think Kopitar was another finalist who's a great player, but a finalist. No, not that year. Sorry. He was only two in points to McDavid, who also was not a finalist. So he has the most points. He's a playoff team, and he's not even a finalist. Like, and he's the team's on the cusp of making the playoffs. Comes down to a last uh, game of the season against the Rangers, a rival. He scores a hat trick. How is that not the most valuable player? Like, it, it just blows my mind how this stupid league acts sometimes. And that's that's why I don't think one flyer will win an award this year of of any relevance. Just going down the list here, the last flyer to win the Selkie Trophy was. Mark. Jack, you want to take a stab? I do. I'm trying to think. 
trying to think of a defense. I mean, Clark's a good one, but ooh, I don't know. Uh, Davey Pullen. Wow. So Clark did win one in 1983, but Dave Poolin won one in 1987. Those are the only two players that ever won the Selkie Trophy for the Flyers, and they haven't won since 1987. If that doesn't tell you that, we know what we're talking about. (laughs) We didn't just name you one winner. We're both (laughs) pretty pretty good. And not to mention, though, if uh, Vigneault does win the uh, Coach of the Year, the Flyers will have the most coaches in history to win that award. Wow, that's a good stat. I did not, definitely didn't think that. That is a good one. Who's the last one that won it? Do you know off the top of your head? I would say Hitchcock, but what do I know? Uh, Hitchcock didn't win, did he? I don't know. I'm guessing. I thought it's it was be Clark. Some... Clark won the last one, I thought. It's Wait, somebody t- really TM weird, or believe coach? it or not. Coach. Coach. Clark. Somebody weird. Somebody you're not going to expect. When was Clark the coach? I thought he did win. He did it all, man. How about he how did about, it everything? Tim, I'm gonna name you some names. Let me know if I all hit right. any of them. All right. Mike Mike Keenan. Mm, he won one, but it was a while back, 1985. So it was after that. Yep. How about Terry Murray? Nope. Fuck. Give you one more. So it's between. Oh, jeez. And he's got a he's got a same first letter for first and last name. He's one of those guys. Oh, for, I don't yes, know if that helps as, at all. As Terry Murray? No, like uh, like uh, Jim oh, Jellybean. Oh, oh, like Jim Jackson or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why um, the fuck I said Jellybean. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the help. Yeah. Uh, shit. Bill Barber? That's it, yeah. He won Coach of the Year? Sure did. What, in the AHL? 2001. I think Kyle said it before I did, but I swear I was thinking. How long was he here for? Like three years? Tops? Two two and a half years? Tops. Tops, yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah, Bill Barber. Last time the Flyers won uh, Jack Adams, 2001. I think I I slip-seated Clark and Barber when I said Clark. You know what, though? I I could see that. I could totally see that because Clark immediately became the GM. But who's one of the other biggest Flyers to play in the 70s and become a coach? Bill Barber. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. Well, I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but please. what is your biggest surprise? This is a team question, so it can be any team in the league. Biggest surprise of the season of the teams. Which team's the biggest surprise? Uh, I'm going to be honest here. Like, I'm going to go with the Flyers for me. Like, I, I we expect – remember how we were talking in the summer? Like, oh, man, these moves, do they – really make that big of a difference like are they still a fringe playoff team and they were going to win the division i i believe that 100 percent, and make yeah. a long playoff run well, did i expect funny. that no i didn't expect that yeah I, it's that's i mean we'll probably all say that so pick another one keep in mind. all right is that a lame answer but, right, me... no it's not lame because dude i haven't done a flyers therapy since like november like i should tell you <laughs> I should the tell biggest you. The biggest surprise for me going in the opposite direction is how Well, that's bad. the next question. That's the next question. Oh, Hold God damn it. That. Hold on to that one. <laughs> that's, that's disappointment of the season. Hold on, Hold on to that one. Well, I have multiple disappointments because it's all I can think about when I think about other teams. Well, we can do like a top five because that's a good one. This one's tough. It's really, for me, it's Philly and it's Columbus. That's really it. I, I, other than that, I can't. for a good surprise... I can't think of a, a team that really was like, wow, they're a lot better than I thought they'd be. I think, uh, and this is really pains me to say this, um, 
but the Rangers really started coming on, and I That's did not a- expect them to play good hockey at all this year. I completely agree. That's a great point. I didn't even consider that. Um, maybe and just to throw another name in there, I think Edmonton really turned it around as well. And I think the only reason I thought of that is because what Kyle said about the Rangers. Um, so, yeah, I'd say Columbus, Philly, Rangers, definitely. I mean, yeah, did they sign Panarin? But they had a lot more needs than that. They're getting older. Um, and the only you know, Capo, other... Capo didn't really play that well, and they still played that good. The only other surprise to me was just my personal opinion. Um, was I didn't think the Islanders were going to be jack shit this year, and they are still playing good hockey. Now, I considered bringing that up. I'm glad you did, because I didn't want to put it on this list because of what they did last year, but I I think there was at least like 60% of us who were like, they're not going to do that again. Remember, they changed their goalie. You know, they made some other little moves, um, and yeah, they they are still good. So it's... It's like, okay, great. More bullshit in our division. Um, I can't really think of any other teams that jump out at me. How about the Maple Leafs? That's the opposite way. I think that's the opposite way. Why don't we move (laughs) on to that? Well, we'll move on to that. Biggest disappointment of the season. Guys, go. Uh, Toronto. Definitely. That's my number one. Toronto's uh, my biggest disappointment. Uh, Number two would be Florida because of all the hype. With Quenville and Bobrovsky, and they're just not very good. They added they, a lot, yeah. Um, and then they had to get rid of a lot. You remember, they added, like, Anton Strawman as well. I mean, they paid him way too much, but he's still a decent defenseman, and you think he would shore things up, and they got draft picks coming in and whatnot, and it just didn't click. Those are both good answers. Another, uh, another big but, disappointment, number three for me, would be uh, Winnipeg. Okay. Um, because of their turmoil, not necessarily because of their season, but if I was putting myself in Winnipeg's fans' shoes, what a fucked up season. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of expected it. You, you figure you got the bullshit going on with um, Bufflin. And, and then, yeah, and then they lost the entire right side of their defense. Like, Bufflin's suddenly going to retire. He's overweight. Uh, they trade Truba to the Rangers, and I think they even had uh, somebody else they lost. Oh, uh, Tyler Myers went to Vancouver. So, like, they, they lost a lot. Uh, and surprisingly, their goalie, what the hell is his name? He was, um, Hellebuck was actually, he's in probably the number two, if not number one for the Vesna. He's number one for me, for the Vesna. I agree with you. I think people are giving it to Rask, but I actually agree with you because the Bruins, Bruins are fantastic. We're, Winnipeg isn't, and he kept them afloat. So my disappointment of the season is actually going to be the San Jose Sharks. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. I mean, they, the San uh, Jose got... Stars, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, they, they traded for Carlson. They had a good run. He got hurt. Things didn't really go their way. They re-signed him to a mega deal. Uh, apparently, we stole the better defenseman, if I ask you guys. And, uh, um, Actually, that was their sinking point. You know, yeah, that was, I mean, that was look, the straw look. that broke the camel's back. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. There was a team that was like really good last year and a team that was really good this year. Uh, and the mitigating factor is a defenseman. So who am I talking about? Last year, Team A was a playoff team. Team B was not a playoff team. This year, Team B is a playoff team and team a is not a playoff team. Justin Braun. 
There it is. <laughs> you got Justin Braun? I was going to go, uh, I don't know, I guess. We, we, gonna, we, would have also ex- we would have also accepted a second and a third. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my disappointment because they got everybody. And I mean, they did lose some, but they still added Carlson and they had their core. Uh, they did lose Pavelski now that I think about it. But even even still, that's still a major disappointment. They're not even a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, they lost their captain and they lost uh, uh, a very valuable stay-at-home defenseman. I didn't expect them to to tank like that either, but man, they got they were bad quick. Their their goaltending is shit. Martin yeah. Jones sucks. San Jose. Uh, he's he's so bad, dude. He's terrible. And you know what, dude? Listen, I'm gonna be the guy who says it because I said it every single time I watched the dude play. Brent Burns is the most overrated fucking defenseman in the league by a long shot. He's gonna be he's, juicy. He's older than most people think, and he's just I think he's just done. You know, I mean, I think it, it, I would not. Is he like 33? Did somebody look that up? I think he's like, he's just older than I thought he was for sure. You know who I feel bad for out of this entire season? You know, I'll ask you guys first and then I'll give my answer. Which player, excluding Oscar Lindblom, do you feel bad for for this season? Like, feel the most. Is, like, is the worst? Nolan Patrick excluded? I don't no, think not that, necessarily. Hmm. Well, let's think. Uh, probably Thornton. Bingo. That's where <laughs> yeah. I was going. Whenever. Yay, because they didn't even make the playoffs, and they didn't trade him. That's the main thing. He wanted to be traded, and they didn't trade him. Yeah, what a fucking dick move. Like, yeah. at that point, if a guy like that asks to be traded, listen, dude, I'll send you anywhere you want to go for whatever they want to send back. I don't yeah, care what I, it is. I take a, a, uh, I take a seventh. Because I'll be like, listen, if you're really considering coming back next year, you're going to come back to my team and we'll just do the same thing if it doesn't work. But if you're, you know, I'm not going to keep you here because I couldn't, quote unquote, work out a deal. I think that's, yes. That's bullshit. There's no way you couldn't work out a deal. Yeah. I agree. I wonder if he comes back next year after all this. I don't think so. I think he's going to retire. I'm 50, but I can see why Kyle would say that. I just, why would you, for me, it's, it's tough. It's like, you're probably done, but at the same time, it's like, is that how you want your career to end with this COVID BS? Your team wasn't going to make playoffs anyway, but you never know. They can make a bounce, you know, bounce back season or something. I don't know. I'm 50, 50 on it. He's got a long time for his old ass to heal up though. If he does decide he wants to come back. Why would happen to his ass? Jesus. I don't know, Jim. (laughs) Why not? Justin Braun wasn't there to protect it. <laughs> he said his ass had to heal up. I don't know. I was wondering. No comment. Just letting you go. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So we kind of touched on this a little bit while we were talking there. I think we mentioned Drew and returning to form from – he went through a couple seasons where his point production dipped, and then he came back and had that 104-point season. Let's talk about – do you guys think he's going to return to – playoff uh form from uh when did they have that really good run there it was like 2011 12 i think oh, i'm sorry no 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 help me out here guys when were they really good it was 12 13 talking about when we bounced the penguins in the first round the shift that year yeah yeah so from like 2008 to 2011 and 12 13 yeah they were really good drew was on fire in the playoffs and in the last couple of years he kind of flamed out or was non-existent well, here's and, the thing about that 
flamed out. Is that really fair? You're under Hackstall. You're mm-hmm. a massive underdogs to the Capitals and the Penguins in two different seasons. He's he's got nobody working with him except what Simmons and Borchek. And in that Penguin series, Simmons is really starting to fall off. It's like, what do you, the guy's not Gretzky. He's not going to put the team on his back and just go nuts. He's not that style of player. In Vigneault's system, I think he could return to that 2012-13 form. Like his best playoff seasons were the cup year where he had guys like Tiemann and Pronger on defense and Richards and Carter and Briere and Hartnell on offense, where and in further seasons, he had Yager leading the way and, you know, among other players um, were under Haxtell, who's he's had really nothing. It's been him, some of Voracek, some of Simmons, and they're getting scored on left and right because they got no defense, no system and no goaltending going into this season. Had they made a run or when they come back, there's no there's no reason to think that he can't get something going, especially with how Vigneault rolls out the lines. I think, to piggyback off that last point you made, I think Giroux will absolutely return to what we hope Giroux is in the playoffs solely because the team is so deep, Giroux doesn't have to play every important shift. That's a good point. Giroux doesn't have to... Yeah, he doesn't have to start in a defensive zone every single defensive zone draw that's fucking important. Yeah, we got Kevin Hayes for that. We got Kevin Hayes to play the penalty kill. We got... Kevin Hayes to, to tire the other team out on the penalty kill. So when Drew does get out there, he's doing his thing. He's not, not to mention that player, but yeah. you got Coots flat out coming into his own. He has been for two seasons now. Um, you got Kevin Hayes. You got three solid centers down the middle. There's nothing holding back Drew from being the almost point per game player that he already is in the playoffs. Exactly. And if you take away those two horrible seasons, he probably is, if not over. And it, it's really that's the that was the hackstall regime. We snuck. We probably were in the playoffs when we shouldn't have been. And we got embarrassed because we didn't belong there. We we're playing the top seeds. So you take and it, like I said, it's what player do you know that just has shit behind him, gets into the playoffs and just does everything himself? Like, I don't know who that player is. I've seen spurts. But I've never seen a guy just completely put a team on his back and carry them. You know what I mean? So I think some of the Drew hate is very. That wasn't a goalie. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's very it's one minded. You know, you're not looking at the whole picture. You're looking at stats and you're looking at the year and you're saying, oh, well, he didn't do this there. But when you actually follow the season and see what's going on and know a little bit or two about the coaching staff, you can see. If he'd have done anything else, you'd have been surprised. Could he have gotten you uh, one more goal here or there? Okay, but does that make the difference when you lose 4-1 to one in the series? No. Yeah, I agree with you guys. And I was kind of shocked when I went back and looked because somebody uh, – I saw somebody say something about, oh, is Giroux going to show up? And I'm like, wait a second. Like, has he really been that bad? So I went back and looked, and I think he's got – hang on here. 59 points in 60-something games, right? Something like that, yeah. Like he's, I'm like, okay, a guy that disappears doesn't score 59 points in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And you're definitely going up the other team. You're definitely going against the other team's best defensive players if you're the best offensive player. So, well, the only offensive player. Yeah, especially (laughs) the last couple years. Yeah, I mean, this team has depth from top to bottom. Like you guys were already saying, like Nicholas Albe Kubel 
who even still we don't talk about that much, was on fire, man. Like he was, if you go back and look, he, he was like a point per game player for like an eight game stretch. All by Kubel. Like, come on, are you kidding me? Who expected that from him? Not me. And then you can also look at Grant. Yeah. Nobody expected Grant to come in and what, five points in six games? Yeah. <laughs> like two like, or three goals? Yeah. yeah. Insane stuff. Plus, and then they got, go ahead, sorry. One of the plays of the year with that little kick pass to Kevin Hayes. That was yep. sick. This team was fun, man. They they have it all. They really had it all there for a little bit. Well, yeah. you know what it is, though? Like, when you consider the, the Stanley Cup team and the Yager team and this team, there's a little bit of magic to that. Like, there's a, there's more going on. When you look at the teams that were first-round bust that probably didn't belong, playoff bubble teams, yeah, we were, like, holding on to our last bit of hope that we'd even make the playoffs, let alone do anything in it. So to expect Drew to just, okay, guys, we did everything we could and we barely made the playoffs. Now I'm just going to take over and we're going to go to the cup. It's honestly fucking stupid. Like fans who view the game that way, they don't watch the full season. So people who hate on Drew, like when he had his down year because he was injured, who wanted to the C taken off of him when we should have traded him, because those people exist. Oh, those no, are the I same. I'm going to know what those are. Those are the same people who will go, oh, is Drew going to show up in the playoffs? Like, that's not how hockey's played. You don't get there and one guy just takes you the whole way. That's never happened. It's a team sport. Unless it's the goalie. The, you're going to get there. Yeah, I agree with that. Unless the goalie gets hot. You know, which we've heard that cliche a million times because it's true. Never heard that about a player getting hot. Oh, uh, well, this player got hot and they went all the way. No, that's never happened. It's a team sport. Do guys get hot? Sure. You need more than that, and goaltending is a big part of it, and coaching as well. So people who make those comments are just haters, and you can't argue with a hater. So it is what it is. Speaking of getting hot real quick here, so from February 8th to March 7th, Claude Giroux scored 18 points in 14 games. Uh, he scored 18 – I'm sorry, scored eight times during that stretch. The Flyers went 12-2. and two. Six of those wins – came against Metro Division opponents, the Capitals, the Rangers, and the Blue Jackets. And the Flyers beat them twice each time. Uh, Giroux scored four goals, and he had five assists in those six games. If that's not clutch, if that's not saying I'm fucking back, then I don't know what does. Listen, nobody was willing to give him the respect uh, last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago, where he had 104 points, scored a hat-trick to put the team in the playoffs. (laughs) So... If they're not doing it then, they're not going to do it now. Hat- he had the hat trick and he scored in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Or not the shoot. Yeah, it was a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just Captain Clutch. I mean, he's the ship. Like, that's what he does. You know, he played and, and he played center and left wing again this year. If they needed him did. at center, he played center. Like, he's, he did that that year too. He did yeah. whatever the team needed him to do. And that stuff gets so overlooked so quickly. It's a joke. It's, 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 it's embarrassing to see people come out and defend the guy like Ghost as hard as they do, and then shit all and other people shit all over Drew. These aren't the same people. I'm just saying, it's just like my God, like wh- when this guy's gone, we're gonna really, really miss him. It's true. And it's like you really don't appreciate what you have till it's gone. It's true. So here's the you know, thing. To, to, 
to, to say one thing off of that, remember how we were saying in the beginning of the season, none of us were really like, oh, they're going to be cup contenders this year. There were, we were all pretty much on board with the uh, bubble team. The only prediction we got dead on is Ghost was still going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not wrong. I actually um, I had some bets with a couple of friends of mine. The, here's what I said at the beginning of the season. I said, Limbaum, 20 goals. He had nine, what, 19 before November, before he went out. Frost and Farabee are at some point on the same, on the, both on the team for an extended period of time. That was half true. Uh, Samheim is, again, our best defenseman. I still I give that to Provorov. Oh, my God. Year. Hands down. He's... Yeah. So that was he's still good, but he wasn't the best. And then I said, Flyers have a top five PK. I think that's pretty damn close. Um, a friend of mine said TK 33 goals. I think he would have hit that. Uh, although I don't remember where he was at when we went out, how many games were off. So maybe not, but the point yeah, is he led he was, the team in points. With he led 61, the team in points. 62. Yeah. So he was very close. And then another friend of mine, I won't name names said go 60 points. I'm just like, Oh, all those other ones are so good. And that <laughs> last one, Ooh, not even close. Maybe six points, but six. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you put the zero in front of the six. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was cool to see how close uh, some of those were. And uh, I would have thought Ghost would have had a better season than he did this year. But, you know, he did show us a little something in one game before everything went to shit. So who knows? Here's a question. Is Claude Giroux an all-time top five flyer? Uh, yeah, definitely. In terms of what, points? No, or just term- like how we say Bobby Clark is, you know, undeniably number one. Yeah. Is Lindros a top five flyer? Yes. I okay. would think so. I think he's like five, but yeah. Okay. I would, so, uh, I would go Lindros higher than five. Well, I'd say Clark one, Perrant two. I mean, Barber has all the points, or goals, rather. So there, there's you got to consider him. you got Mark Howell, who was on the team for an extended period of time. I mean, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Yeah, keep Lindros their own names out. That's okay. I think Giroux could, could potentially be top three if he – can keep this play up for another three or four years. That's a lot to ask, but it's not unheard of. Uh, yeah, Lind- uh, you figure Lindros is, I think he's around four or five. I feel like we're missing somebody big. I don't know. A lot of guys were very good here, but didn't stay long. So it's like you can't put them on the list if they're not here that long. So who's a long tenured flyer who has been good his entire career? It's tough because they, they don't really have too many long tenured guys. They always kind of picked off the guys at the end of the career and whatnot. Exactly. Another good one would be top five drafted flyers, because there aren't too many of those. I think a lot of them would come from the 70s. Drew Drew would definitely be top three (laughs) drafted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, again, it'd be like Clark, Perrant, Drew, and probably more guys from the 70s. Because even Hal wasn't drafted, technically. He played in a different league. Lindros wasn't even drafted by the Flyers. Yeah, he doesn't count as a draft pick. Neither does Claire or Desjardins. Like, so who do you go to at that point? So yeah, interesting question. I'm gonna have to research that one a little bit. Maybe we could talk about that on in the next episode. But I it's did some, put up a it, poll. Well, there is something to points. If you just go by points, you're gonna get a completely different list. But if you go by, you know, you got to consider everything. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Also, I really it depends on what era you came up watching. Like you watch in the '80s. People are probably like, yo, where, why aren't you talking about Tim Kerr? You see his stats? 
What about um, friend of the pod? Um, God, I'm gonna forget his name now. Who did we have on in the in the? He's uh, a really close friend. He's a close friend. Don't know his name. Remember his name? Drop hand. Brian Prop. I mean, he, he's got, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got ridiculous stats. He played for 10 years with the team at least. Like, does he get no love? Like, yeah, he really doesn't. He should be a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer, but like, is he considered anywhere in the top 15 of Flyers? And he, he should be, but I bet you a lot of people top don't even 10. know who he is. You know what it's I mean? I, 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 he absolutely should be, but I guarantee you, as a casual fan, they, I'm not even sure they know who he is. It's true. We should start a petition for that. Get prop into the NHL Hall of Fame. Is he not? In the, I thought he was. I don't think he is. He might. Flyers might. Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, definitely yeah, in the Flyers. He was inducted in 2014. The NHL? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you look at his stats, and you're like, holy shit, he was better than I thought. And that's, I know it's the 80s, and there was a lot of goals, but he's. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. A lot of goals because they were wearing waffles for pads. They also were still trying to be stand-up goalies, which is not the thing to do. But, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, Jim, <laughs> research the shit out of that. The draft pick one. The draft pick one's cool, too, because you got to remember, we didn't make a whole lot of draft picks until Hextall. That's true. Yeah, we never really gave a f- I never really gave a shit about draft picks until fucking Hextall. All right, so I I can't find that Brian Prop was inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame. Just put Brian Prop Hall of Fame, and it'll say 2014. Saskatchewan Hall of Fame. Yeah, I found something weird too. Now I'm getting nervous. <laughs> hey, uh, well the Flyers drafted Prop. Oh shit, you're right. It is Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, yeah. So, and he he's in the Flyers Hall of Fame for sure, but somehow Definitely, he's yeah. not in the NHL Hall of Fame. He is not. It's a Saskatchewan. You're right. Oh, shit. How about that? You know what? They usually retire the number of the guys who make it, so that should be my first giveaway right there. Well, the only thing, uh, the only reason I went back and looked was because I was worried because a couple months ago, I'm like, what? And I put it on Twitter. I'm like, why the fuck isn't Brian Prop in the Hall of Fame? And now I'm like, holy fuck, he's been in the Hall of Fame the whole time. Now I look like a dick. You guys were right. Yeah. It was kills me. The stats are still ridiculous, so I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe crazy. It, maybe it's because it was the 80s. <laughs> I don't think he ever won a cup either. Nope. So Came people close. are saying maybe that hurt him. Came close like four times. Boston, Minnesota, and three times with Philly. Uh, so already getting some top five lists on here for why Claude Giroux shouldn't be in the top five. So I got Bernie Prompt. Bobby Clark, Bill Barber, Mark Howe, and Eric Lindros is a top five. It's a good start. Like, I'd have to do more research, but it just... Are we doing top it? five drafted or top five all time? Just top five all time for that one. Top five drafted, I think we should do the episode first and then maybe come out with the poll. Okay. Now, I, like uh, I mean, I got an okay list, I guess. What do you got? Well, Prop was drafted by the Flyers, so he's definitely on it. Yep. Uh, you got Rick Tockett. Mm. You know what? Fuck it. I'll put a poll out because this is good. I, I, I have to literally look up who was drafted because I can't remember certain players. Are we count? Are we counting players that like didn't play their entire career with the Flyers but were drafted by the Flyers? See that? Where's nah. the cutoff? That's the thing. No, nah, no, nah, they got to be career Flyers. Okay, like so their entire Clark... career, or if they wore the Hall of Fame hat, it would be a Flyers hat. 
like Claude Giroux. Like I got drafted by the Flyers, and he's only considered a Flyer. Or like Brian Prop, drafted by the Flyers, even though he played for a couple teams at the end. What about like Gagne? Same deal. Yeah, yeah, same deal. I think Gagne should take some consideration. I mean, like, would you guys throw Dave to hammer Schultz in there? No. <laughs> Why would, not? He got drafted by the Flyers. He was awesome. <laughs> just if we we're doing uh, bullies and fighting, sure, but I can't give it to him for. I think there's better statistical players. What about like Pelly Lindbergh? Because I know if he, he if he played longer, got cut, sure. Yeah. It, it was too short. It was only like three seasons. If it was like nine, different story. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely uh, Slinsky. I'm doing it now. You got me looking. Now you got me doing a quick list. Not impressed by anything outside of what we. I made. mean, you'd have to you'd have to bump all the way up to like Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. Ooh. In terms of like legit NHL talent that they drafted, that Let's played for the Flyers for an extended period of time. Mike Richards, Jeff Carter. You could even go like Travis Konechny. I would put prop ahead of them still. So who do we got so far? We got Clark. I don't even think they drafted Barber. Perron. I don't think they drafted Perron. Yeah, Barber, definitely. So Clark, Barber, Barber. Prop. Before we go with guys today, I want to take Giroux. Yeah, definitely Giroux. Yeah, he's up there. So there's so top four. Our fifth? Here's our fifth. You said Tockett. That's a name. Let's keep him in consideration. Yeah, they drafted Scott Mellonby. He was a pretty solid player. That's but they didn't it. play forever for the Flyers. Nah, he's mostly known with Florida, and I don't think he's that good anyway. Uh, I, would wait, have to, like, I mean, even I'd have to throw gags in there for a little bit, too, because... Uh, I was down for that. I, I definitely thought Gagne was good. What about... Uh, no, no, he, oh, oh, he was drafted. I mean, the, the Flyers did draft Peter Forsberg and then got rid of him, and then... That's like... Yeah, you know, Patrick Sharp, like Patrick <laughs> Sharp, Peter Forsberg. I think we'll just cancel them. <laughs> I can't. I don't think Rensberg is an answer. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they really have not. It's a good one, right? They, they have not. Who's drafted five? Well. We got our top four guys. Who's five? Oh, yeah. Brian Boucher. No. I, ha- I mean, I would legit have to go with Richards or Carter. Yeah, I don't. I think that's okay. Richards, Carter, or Tockett. That's. I mean, that's your or only Gagne. choices for or Gagne. Or, or Gags. Gagne. Yeah, Gags is a Gags yeah, is Dustin always. Dustin Williams a... didn't play here. I'm starting to get towards now. Um, all right. So judging, but the only picking him wasn't bad, but still. Yeah, he sucked, dude. With I love the only picking him. Yeah, picking it was good. He just he stupid little off. stick. Here's a question. A little stick. So we're talking about Richards Carter, and I'll get I'll get to Richards next. Is Carter considered though a flyer, like like the guys that we're talking about now? Because I feel like he's been off the flyers longer than he's been on them. By at this point, he's won a couple cups, right? Is he a flyer? Like I don't think he's remembered as a flyer. Yeah, now. but I mean, the dude still owns a house at the Jersey Shore. He still comes <laughs> back here. Like you know what I mean? Like he's married to this area, whether he likes it or not. But is he like a Brian Proper or a Claude Giroux though? Definitely not. No, I mean, but that's not even an argument, though. Claude Giroux's literally only ever going to play his career here. Yeah, okay. Prop pretty much did. I mean, he played a good 10, 11, 12 years where what Carter played five, six. 
Yeah, and he's been off the team, I think, longer than he's been on. And here's yeah, but if we're considering gags for that too, what gags play? Seven well, he's here longer. Uh, yeah, he seven years. All right, so they have had to play. How about this? Maybe this will help. Before the lockout, it was before the lockout. They had to have played the majority of their career with the guys that you remember as a flyer. Like they, like you look back and you're like, that's a Philadelphia flyer. Even though he played for like the Stars or the fucking Lightning for a year, you know. Yeah, well, Gagne's definitely a flyer. I mean, he's he's played for Tampa. He's played for L.A. He came back to Philly. He's a flyer before he's anything else. When I think of Jeff Carter, I think of him as a king. I do, too. Richards is a little closer because he was a captain, and he played longer only because his career was shortened because of his drug addictions. But yeah, i got to be honest with you. It's close, but the nod for me is going to go to Gagne. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree if we're as, taking as, all those factors in. All right, what's, so what's the top five here? I would say Clark. Barber. Barber. Giroux. Prop. Gagne. Man, when you when you put those names out, it's like, oh, they drafted pretty good, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nobody's mentioning that that's over a 50-year span. <laughs> and, and we barely got the list together. <laughs> yeah. All right, now top 10. I quit. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, wait a minute. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, that wouldn't fit. <laughs> well, let's think about this more tonight, and then we'll put out our official... Top five there. This way nobody, because people are honorable mention. Rick Tockett, <laughs> so close to that five. I mean, it's hard to hold him back. I or, love Tockett. Well, maybe we could do a ten. This way, you know, we can't exclude people, and people aren't calling us morons on Twitter. No, I don't have ten people. We said top five. I right. guarantee we missed somebody, like somebody big. Watch, <laughs> dude. I looked at a quick list that nobody really jumped out. Like, I even was like, where's Brendan Moore? He was drafted by the Blues. Like, it's like a lot of the guys we got were just not drafted as Flyers. It's going to depend on some of the errors people watch, too. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, like Recky not drafted by the Flyers. Exactly. Desjardins, not drafted. Teeman, not drafted by the Flyers. Yeah. The guys that we remember and we love just weren't drafted by the Flyers. It's crazy. Unless it's I... going to be different, though, for this era. That's for damn sure. The whole fucking team was drafted by the Flyers. Pretty much, yeah. Hold on, I might have one. Ooh. Ooh. I just want to see that he was officially drafted by the Flyers and not something weird. But Tim Kerr may have been drafted by the Flyers. He had four 50-goal seasons in a row, and two of them were 58. Like, Was he drafted by the Flyers, though? That's his first seasons with them, so I'm I'm trying to see. I'm busting somebody's balls on Twitter now because somebody made a comment that some guys don't know players before the year 2000. And I said, who? Who, like Dan Kerr? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. For the year 2000. He was undrafted. Uh, There you go. That don't count. That don't count. Hextall, man. Up to his old tricks even back then. Nothing's coming up. That's another good one. It's top five undrafted players. Play oh, one. my God. That's uh, really good. Because you know what? Zamola, number one. No, you got to go Felipe <laughs> Myers. Felipe Myers. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. true. That That's why I think it's an interesting list. We got two right off the bat now, and then you just found out about Tim Kerr. I mean, who else is there? Shit. That's a really good list right there. Top five undrafted flyers. Well, we'll save that. Let's sounds save like it. New, we'll it save sounds it. like a new Puck Pros article. Right? Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. Jim goes, guys, 
Guys, we'll save, save it for it. next only, week as he posts the article tomorrow. Only the three of us. This will be our little secret. <laughs> yeah, you actually uh, read my fucking mind. You read my mind, too. Well, I certainly didn't read your column after that one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've already had this discussion. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, so the one... The one that you got, I know you guys didn't read because it was so absurd was who's going to be Carter Hart's backup. And my first, the first person I put on there was Braden Holpe. And you guys Idiot. didn't give shit for that. So no, that I was, I gotta re- you really? Yeah, I got to read this. That was my test for you guys. Let's see if Kyle and Jack read this stuff because if they do, they'll bust my balls. And they do. How about this, Jim? Well, I'll be your headline writer and I'll just put Braden Holpe. Or Brayden Hope, yeah, maybe Brayden Hope, maybe because I can't spell from the San Jose Stars. Gonna... <laughs> Wait, what's that? Colby Covington is that? Is that guy they have on the end of the show that I don't even know who the hell he is? Yeah, backup. Brand, who's that guy? Colby Covington, right? Or Colby something? Cohen? Colby Cohen? Oh yeah, for the Flyers. Oh yeah, he plays like a year of college, and he's an yeah, expert. he played like a couple of <laughs> couple of AHL seasons with the Avalanche, but he's from around here. He's got weird eyes. Yeah, he looks like a robot. Yeah, he's just weird. He looks like uh, a fucking nerd. Braden Holpe, <laughs> Flyers backup 2020-2021. See that? That'll draw viewership in. They'll be like, "What are you fucking high?" Well, it got people talking for sure. It, it's my most viewed. It has like forty five hundred views. Jesus and, Christ. That's because you had Brayden Hopi and Carter Hart in the same fucking article. So, yeah. So, here's the thing. <laughs> it, got, it got people talking. So, like, whether people agreed or disagreed. And when it came to Hopi, most people were like, there's no fucking way he signs for that as a backup because he's oh, only Jim, 30 years old. I got and, a very yeah. important question for to ask you for your career here. Do you want to be known as a legitimate uh, personality of the Flyers in sports? Or do you want to be Skip Bayless? Well, so here's the thing. So like, I, <laughs> I've been like experimenting a little bit because you can write a really like well thought out like uh, article, but it's boring. You know, you're like, oh, that was very informative. Thank you. That's a very good point. Or you Dude, can write one that's like, what the fuck's this guy thinking? I'm going to comment on, about this motherfucker. Like, is he nuts? Like, people like to be negative pricks. I think so you it's need like, to find a middle ground, though. I think yeah, so I did. So, yeah. so when I when you read the article, it's like, okay, Braden Holpe is an option. It's maybe far-fetched, but it's an option. So the next I guy was... Go ahead. Hence the enter the era of clickbait. You're just getting in on clickbait. Well, yeah, so so Holpe's not like, in the did title. Did you though. see this fat prick nowadays? And I'm like, click? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Former celebrities that you didn't know died. I'm like, who? Who's that? It's like somebody... And they always, show an art, they always show a picture of somebody who's definitely still alive. <laughs> Either that or somebody – it's some extra in some movie I never heard of. Oh, great. Yeah. So I didn't get it. I didn't trick anybody to, to well, click in it. What were the it. comments like, Jim? Well, they, on so there was like a ton, but it was like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look them up. But Yeah, you're an idiot. Some people were arguing for Hopi and some people weren't. Don't get me wrong. Hopi wasn't like the main part of the article. He was just – you know, to get people reading more towards the bottom. Because I had Thomas Grice on there and Brian Elliott on there as well. Uh, but it was just, it was something that was going to spark a conversation, something for fun. Uh, you know, far-fetched, but also I made a, you know, I stated points for why it could happen. You know, hope he had some shit. He's had three really shitty years the last couple of years. Even when they st- won the Stanley Cup, he wasn't that great. 
Uh, he's going to want a lot of money. The Capitals have Ilya Samsonov coming up behind him, and it's like, do you want to spend that kind of money on Holpe still? Uh, him and Carter Hart have some kind of a relationship. They have the same sports psychologist, whatever it is. So it's like, all right, maybe there's connection. Uh, maybe he wants to, if he doesn't resign with the Capitals, maybe he wants to stay close to home, wherever that is. If it's in D.C., Philly's not that far. Uh, Carter Hart's the the upcoming guy, and you know maybe they still split 35, uh, 45, whatever the fuck the split is. What kind of contract do you give them? That and then that's where the like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then comes in because it's like, what kind of contract do you give a backup goalie? And what kind of contract is Holpe going to sign? Someone's going to pay him, obviously, because he's an NHL starting goalie, Stanley Cup goalie. So someone's going to give him at least four point five five million dollars for I don't know two years, three years to start. Uh, but you know, you know, I threw it. Go ahead. You know what a good comparable is to him? And it's not perfect because I think Holpe was better in his like prime. Uh, he also played for a better team, but Halak is a guy. He strikes me like that. He was with Montreal. There was a young kid coming up named Carey Price. You know, they, uh, they had some runs with him. They ended up letting him go. But the difference is he had to go play for another team or two before he became that backup. Yeah. And Holpe strikes me as a guy who's going to want to get paid. And he's definitely not coming back to Washington. They had a choice between him and Backstrom. They already paid Backstrom, so he's gone. Right. Uh, I just think, and maybe COVID changes this, but I just think that he is definitely going to go for the money and go for the starting number one job. I don't think he'll accept a backup role in, in, unless the market really doesn't go his way. And even still, he'd have to be an overpaid backup on a one-year deal, hoping to, to try free agency again next year. Yeah. So what do you guys honestly think, though? Like, if you were the GM of the Flyers, what would you be doing for the backup next year? I would sign Elliott again. Right, yeah. you, Jim? I think in the article, that's how I had them going. But I always kind of, like, want something fresh because – Elliot got lit up. I went back and looked. He gave up over four goals at least eight times this season. And I think, like, uh, I can't remember the exact number, 25 to 30 starts, which is not terrible when you go back and look. But he didn't give up under three goals that often either. Uh, he had, like, an eight, nine-something save percentage. He's going to be a year older. I want to say 36. He's one of the older goalies in the league now. Uh, and I know, like, a lot of people were out there like, oh, don't mess up a good thing. He's got, they got chemistry already. And it's like, he's a backup goalie, dude. Like, how much does he really contribute? 36 years old. He, uh, he stayed healthy this year. He, I can, I can maybe think of two to three times where I was like, wow, thank God we re-signed Brian Elliott, you know? Like, I, I don't really don't care if he comes back. Well, let, like me when Carter Hart got hurt. let me make a counterpoint. Say you do sign Holpe, you figure that out and then it happens. How does that make Carter Hart feel? Because Holpe's not that old. He's older, but he's not that old. And it's like, I thought I was your guy. You got this guy breathing down my neck who doesn't want to be a backup. Now we're starting to look like a 1A and a 1B instead of a starter and a backup. And then if Hart goes through a rut or goes down and Holpe goes on a run, now he's your starter and Carter Hart's sitting backseat. I mean, it just doesn't look good, and it doesn't make your starter, your new, your got your franchise goalie, doesn't put him in a really good mindset. And when you're talking about goalies and mindsets, that's one thing you do not want to fuck with. 
Honestly, everything I've seen from Carter Hart, his mentality, the way he approaches everything, I don't think it would fucking matter to him. At the end of the day, he's still a goalie to me, and I don't trust any of them. They're all fucking crazy. Paul, you listening? <laughs> hey, he, I offered him a trade, and he didn't accept it. He's crazy. That definitely applies. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I know it. So when I wrote it, I know that it was not a likely scenario, but I tried to paint it like it could be. And it, when you put all that together, it's like, man, not that crazy. If he's willing to take a pay cut and play, uh, you know, half of a season, if that, because Carter Hart is still young. And I'll tell you what, Jim, if this is the Flyers of the '90s. That's definitely on the table. Yeah, but it would it would fuck the Flyers cap up a little bit to invest that kind of money into a backup goalie when you have your stud phenom goaltender Carter Hart. You know, hey, Jim. You know you're saying goodbye to if you do that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's no <laughs> for, yeah, way for sure. Yeah. Resign him, yeah. It is. That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when I didn't really want to, I didn't think too much into it in regards to the Flyers cap, but I just wanted to throw a name out there to see what people would say. And they said pretty much what I expected them to say. Well, yeah. If you're going to throw something out there, you can't take everything into account. Otherwise, you wouldn't write the articles. You got to right. kind of be like, yeah, I get it. But what yeah. if? Yeah. I yeah. It would be cool. So, what just. About- just throwing this out here, the other UFA goalies, not including Hopi, would be Crawford, Howard, Leonard, Anderson, uh, Markstrom, Grice, Talbot, Kudobin, and Michael Condon, Mike Smith, and Aaron Dell. Nobody There's wants that shit. asshole. There's a shitload. I just I feel like a lot of them are going to resign. The other guy that I put in the article was Thomas Grice from the New York Islanders, who's definitely not going to get re-signed by them since he's they have. The, uh, he's been the backup, like the top backup. For, I don't think he is anymore, but there was a stretch where he was like mm-hmm. the guy, the the backup guy, I should say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that, how old is he now? Is he re- maybe? He's right? younger than he's he's younger than Elliot and older oh. than Holtby, so he's like in between thirty and thirty-five. I definitely would not hate it if the price was right. Mm-hmm. Would you guys be really pissed off if they ended up signing Ryan Miller as a backup? That'd be interesting. I, I, I think he's a sissy, but like other than that, he's not a bad goalie. He's not leaving the West Coast from what I read. Thomas yeah. Grice is 34. 34, okay. That's not bad. One year. Yeah, maybe you give him two million bucks, something like that. That's what they. I think that's what they gave Elliot, a year, it, two million, yeah. right? I would just re-sign Elliot. I mean, me personally, I know what I got. That's true. You know it's what I mean? Your, and you're only system. you're yeah. only saving you're only like kicking the can down the road for one of these studs we have coming up to take the backup role. Not to mention, Jim, think of it this way too. Thomas Grice has not been the starter of a team in quite a while. So if Carter Hart does go down. Who are you more comfortable taking that starting role and playing that season? A guy who hasn't been a starter in like five years or had a long uh, stretch of games or Elliot, who was a starter like a year ago. So I kind of factored that in when I picked out Grice because he's kind of been he backed up three three different goalies the last three seasons and uh, Halak. And if you can help me out here, uh, Halak, Varlamov. And there was one more guy. Oh, Lanner in New York. Yeah. Uh, and he went through stretches where he he played and he was he was the hotter goalie and he played some decent stretches. So I'm like a career backup. Would he be better suited to be a backup than a guy who was a starter and became a backup? Well, you know? here's my counter question to that because I get what you're saying, but how come he never got that chance? Like you look at guys like Martin Jones and Cam Talbot, 
Like they were really good backups. That's why they got starting roles. Mm-hmm. Why did that never happen for Thomas Grice? Yeah. No, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, he's playing behind better goalies for sure, though. And he's playing in New York Islanders, which have he's a been ridiculous team defense. Yeah. He, he's been all, he like left Phoenix, I think, at some point. Like, why? Yeah, you know, I mean, because like, who the fuck too, wants to play for Phoenix? If you're, <laughs> I want to be the starter. I, I would rather be the starter than be a backup with the championship team. Because at the end of the day, I'm a backup. Unless it's my end of my career. That's a different story. But, like, I want to start. Like, wouldn't you want to start? That's where the money is. That's where you can start, and then you can go hit free agency as a starting goalie and not a backup. It's very odd. And when you consider how good Phoenix is defensively, you really want to jump your numbers with that and, you know, uh, inflate everything. So, I don't It's very strange. Uh, you look, again, New York, they're probably the best defensive team in hockey. So, you bring that guy in here. Is he as good still? Like, I don't know. Barry Trotz is a... Uh, a genius when it comes to defense. So, hey, Vigneault's no slouch, but, you know, like Kyle said, the devil you know is always better than the devil you don't because you're gambling. Why gamble when you really don't have to? If it was a massive problem, then that's a different story. You know, if it's Neuwirth not staying healthy or if it's a guy who sucks, then we're having the conversation. But I really don't think Elliot's – I get what you're saying with his goals and all. Some of those games were like lost causes. He's he's been a good backup. He really has. I mean, maybe not for the full season, but for a majority of it. And that's really all you can ask. And at the same time, if you can get a, a little bit of a discount on him, save that money, put it somewhere else, why not? Free agent goalies are always going to cost you more than they're yeah. worth. Yeah, it's true. If they can bring Elliott back for like 1.5 or 1 million even, something like that, that's that's pretty ideal. Even if they give him two again for one more year, I I'd be okay it. with that. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, because it's one year. It's like, Bring whoever you can back for one year. You're going to save money on Lindblom and Patrick, hopefully, most likely. I mean, so. and then you really you really get one more year of seeing these kids progress, which I, I really think they definitely 110% need. Just and, off the- and just off the cuff, though, if, one, if Elliot does get hurt or Hart does get hurt and you call up one of these kids, it wouldn't be the first fucking kid goalie to come up and steal the show. That's a good point. Like every time we lose two goalies, we expect to see Lion. And it's like, wouldn't it be nice to see somebody else? You know, in that scenario. Like well, I Lion's gone after this year. I mean, they might bring him back. We don't know that. But I doubt it. I mean they got the, they have a log jam, dude. They want to well, get they that do, kid. But the they want to get them kids over from they're from just Russia. Not, they're not just they're just not playing that well. That's the thing. They're 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 okay. But nobody's really freaking out where they have to force their hand. That's why I think they might bring Lion back one more year at least. But I do want to see somebody else. Like I get the sentiment, you know. And I don't the think other Lion thing, wants to come back. I don't know. He seems to like it here. What do you think? You start like in the NHL job somewhere else? Like can you push for it or be in the mix? I think he could be in the mix somewhere else. Somebody who's really struggling. I'll say this much. If I were another team, I would want to get – and I had issues at goalie. He's definitely a name I would want along with, like, two other guys trying to make it for me. But if I'm lying, I, I have a good thing going here. I don't know. It, it's, it depends on preference. Um, but you could, I don't, it's 50-50 for me. I don't think you, what you said is wrong by any means. Um, but, yeah, Jim, the other thing is you compare re-signing a player to just flat-out free agency. They're going to always want more. They're going to want more years as well. And if you say, I don't want to give you two or three years – I want to give you one. 
it's going to cost you more. So now you're overpaying. You know it's what true. I'm saying? Yeah, so that is true. It, it, like if you if it's you just on paper, how's it look? I agree with you. When you break it all down, it's a, it's just a different story. Very, very true. But you look what he did. We were talking for a good 20 minutes there. Off of this, so not bad, Jim. Maybe I should read more Puck Pros. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, check it out if you have time. Let me know what you think. Uh, if we don't have anything else, guys, I got to take a major piss, and I'm on 5% laptop battery here. Do we want to wrap up? You guys want to drop anything else real quick? It's got to be real quick. I'm good, man. We talked ourselves out for having nothing to talk about. I think we did pretty good. Yeah. Everybody give us a listen. Uh, hopefully you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher so we can boost up the top 200 charts. So we can get on there for the first time. Yeah, check us out, guys. We got some new shows coming out. I did a show with Kelly the other day. Uh, anything but hockey. Good stuff there. Very interesting, I hope, content. Check out the articles on Puck Pros, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Peace out.